Welcome to the Joe Schmo Theology Podcast, where we discuss confessions. I ain't confessing nothing! Reformed theology. I don't know what either of those words mean. And apologetics. I am not apologizing for anything either. I am your host, Adam D. Murray, and joined with me today on this program is my brother, Aaron D. Murray. What's up, y'all? This is episode 19 of Joe Schmo Theology, the podcast where two dummies talk about smart things. I'm Aaron. And I'm Adam. We're the Joe Schmo Bros, and today we will be talking about the order of salvation. Yes, sir. But before we do that, let's chat a little bit. Let's catch up, like uh, you know, like we always do. You know what I was thinking? Is, What's that? Is, uh, we should have said this last week, because last week was our 18th episode but our podcast is now legally able to vote. So, good for us. Who's our podcast voting for? Um, well, you're a libertarian. Yeah. And I'm a libertarian-ish. Slash. I don't know what I am, dude. I'm like a mutt. Because I, I have like I theonomic too. leanings, but not really. But theonomic? also libertarian like leanings. theonomy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but not, but not full libertarian. Also, mm. like, I don't... Dude, I don't know. I'm I, working on it. I... I'm libertarian by principle, but I struggle with how to implement a lot of things. Yeah, see, that's the thing. It's like a great ideology, and then it's, you get down to it, and I'm like, I don't know how to work this stuff. Well, out. it would take a complete cultural paradigm shift. Yeah, it would. Which is... And there are people a lot smarter than me that have ideas on how to do that. I, on the other hand, can't seem to figure out how yeah. to make that work. Yeah, that's not my, my area of expertise, so I don't think about it too much. Just don't mess with me or my property, and we're happy. Yeah. Good yeah. time. Good good time. So what's up? Not a lot, man. Um, drinking some nice tea? See, drinking some tea, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, think, yeah, things don't change a whole lot. Doing a lot of wedding planning right now. So getting through that down to five and a half months. There she is right now. Did you silence your phone? We're doing a thing right now. I'm doing it. Sorry. My phone's silent. Sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Jeez. Um, I will share this with you. Um since you were just complaining, one might even say whining about your... I was not whining. About your wash, washing machine and dryer or whatever making noise. No, no. Be thankful that it's in your house. I had this experience two nights ago. Um, I went to go do laundry. Uh-huh. And I get there and I, I put my stuff in the washer and I'm doing like everything. I hadn't done laundry in like three or four weeks. Gross. So I was down to like my last stuff and I'm washing everything, right? So I put in like three loads and three different machines, get it all done, go back to put it in the dryer. This is a public, you know, place by the way. Of I, don't, I don't have one in my house. So is this at the apartment or at like the a apartment laundry complex? Okay. Yep. And uh, I pull it out. They were having some some plumbing issues, so none of the washing machines were draining. So I just have oh all my water, like just all my clothes, just soaked in water. So I pull it out. I'm trying to wring stuff and throw it in the dryer. Well, half of the dryer units were broken down too. So there's this long line of people that are all drying their clothes two or three cycles because they can't get them dry. Oh, no. So it backed up for forever. And uh, then I get them in, and I, I'm doing them, and I had to do them again. And I come back to finally get it out and fold it up, and somebody had taken all of it out and just thrown it on the floor. Oh, my Everything gosh. Everything was wrinkly. That's so inappropriate. Oh, I know. So by the time I got my laundry done, I started, mind you, at like 6 at night, and it was... It was a little after midnight by the time I got my laundry finished. Why don't you just come here? I really should have. Dude, you should come here next time. 
We've got I should just start planning my uh, planning my laundry around our casts. Well, we'd have to move. That's true. I mean, I mean, you would I mean, complain and whine about it. Yeah. No, people listening <laughs> would complain and whine about it That's because fair. it's going to be so loud. Because our mic picks up pretty much everything. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so so don't live in an apartment that has a public washing place. Yeah, dude, when we lived in an apartment, I never used it. It's First terrible. of all, it was like three bucks a load. It's like that's ridiculous. Oh, that's cheap for us. And, and it's just grungy and nasty, and, and like you said, someone just takes your clothes out and throws it on the ground. It's terrible. It's like, I'm not I'm not messing with that. Like my apartment place was nasty as it is. I know, and I don't have um, <laughs> I don't even have an iron, so I just took all my dry shirts to the dry cleaner <laughs> and had them do them all. And that, that's more than $3 Well, you're just going to smooth them out through the dryer. Do what? Just take like a wet paper towel, throw it in there with your dress shirts. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't do it, though. Not very well. So. I just don't think you're doing it right. So anyway, so that's, that's what's going on with me. What's up with you? Mm. I don't know. Not that much. I'm just tired. I've noticed. Yeah, I went to the... You were there. went to the Viking Festival last weekend. Oh, yeah. That was kind of cool. It kind of was not cool no, it, was, it was fun like it, it was. wasn't anything spectacular but oh, it, was, it, was it was cool far from spectacular you had you had people dressed like vikings and you had one guy dressed like a viking everyone else was dressed like an irish bag yeah it definitely was more like a gaelic yeah. um, gaelic festival but it was cool i don't know i got inspired i mean i sent you that picture where i like got the like the little my beard up and like a oh like yeah a man bun in the front yeah you put the little bead in it uh-huh yeah that well was... it was actually rope and then and then you made fun of my beard because it looked nasty so i trimmed it up to make the the man bun the front bun look better yeah i guess it worked and it works but now now that it's not in that little uh yeah thing i look like francis schaefer sort of it's or, a little scraggly or like a red bearded pharaoh <laughs> <laughs> you kind of do <laughs> so i'll probably i'll probably trim that up which is sad because i i really like the length of my beard but it's awesome i let my ambitions carry me away that's right no, but it'll, it'll grow back in a couple months it'll be fine it was it was interesting to watch as the irish jigs were playing a big it almost looked like a mosh pit. There was just like a big circle, and everyone was like fighting with like toy noodle swords. Well, not everybody. There were some like LARPers who were doing LARPers. it. LARPers. The rest of us were just watching, having a good time. Uh, after, so after you left, um, Colin and Jesse and I were walking around and checking out the different booths, and I was listening to a conversation, and this guy was just like, well, I'm a level four or something. <laughs> that means I'm qualified to wear this type of armor and i was like this is not my conversation oh dude that sounds like a See blast ya. man no, no if i had, if i had the time and money i'd be all about that i know you would <laughs> so much i mean come I on it'd be great all right okay let's uh, let's get into this uh all right. order salutis so this is there's going to be some crossover between this and our calvinist episode or calvinism episode um but th- there are differences uh, it would be helpful if you haven't listened to the Calvinism episode or you're not familiar with Calvinism, kind of brush up on that. Um, we will be talking about that tonight, obviously, um, but it, it kind of sets the groundwork a little bit for all of this. Yeah, I think that was episode three, so you should be able to find it fairly easy. Was it? I think so. Mm. I thought that was Covenant <laughs> Theology. Maybe it was episode four. You might be right. I don't know. You're the one who edited some. Yeah, yeah I, it's, I just, it's three. I just talked. It's three. Okay. Yeah. You just sounded confident now. You don't really know. <laughs> no, no. You're, you're double. You, I you're, think you're until like, I make it, man. That's what out. I do. Okay. That's how I live my life. So, um, Order Salutis or Order of Salvation. Uh, Order Salutis is is kind of like the, the pretentious Calvinist way of saying it, I guess. Um, we like to use Latin phrases like, 
you know post tenebras uh, post tenebras lux i love that phrase i know you do or um the five solas right. sola fide i don't know i don't know why it is that we love the latin so much it makes us sound smart it makes us sound smart and it's like you don't know latin (laughs) i have no idea so i know like three greek words and i throw them around (laughs) all the time you always get excited when you get ecclesia (laughs) ecclesia. there's a difference between theos and uh theos (laughs) or something you're just listening to james white literally he says like the same words and i I just use them the they are new um, So, so order salutis. What uh, what order are you looking at? Because there are some people have it different. Um, for the most part, I think you can work with all of them. There, there are um, like there's a difference between the reformed view of the order of salvation and the uh, Armenian view of the order of salvation, with some noticeable differences. But generally, right. within the reformed camp, they they're similar. But you, you they, so re- read so yours because there's some there that I was like, I don't know if I'd put that on there. They're they're the same. There's just some that will include more detail, I think. But the orders have not changed as far as I can see. Um, but this one goes: the decrees of God, predestination, election outward call, effectual or inward call, saving faith, repentance, justification, adoption, um, sanctification, death, and glorification. Right, so the death part confused me. Like, It actually how, doesn't have a number next to it. They just kind of put it in there. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess because you have to die, um, but I just don't understand how death would be part of salvation. Uh, like, I can understand how the, you, you could say the resurrection um but death is a consequence of sin. Right. So I'm not following how death is part yeah. of that list. It doesn't really give any details on it. It just kind of throws it in there before glorification because I think glorification comes after death and they just threw it in there. Right. So Who's the author of the article? It's um, A Puritan's Mind is the site that I found it on. Okay. Um, but it's a blog that they put together. I'm not sure who wrote it. All right, sure. Well, uh, what... When we talk about the order of salvation, what basically what is it? I mean, it sounds pr- fairly self-explanatory, but right. we're, we're Joe Schmo here, so this is what we do. Uh, you're trying to put me in a spot where I have to give a definition to this. Uh, I, I, do, I do this almost every episode. I know. You really do. You really do. Um, swam the fofo. Uh, this oh, is, man. What? No, no, it's fine. I just, you love to reference... Doc and Devo. Because I, I love it. I mean, I do too. It's great. We're not another caliber, though. No, you're, we're not. you're not the fofo. We're not even close. You're the faux joke. <laughs> I'm the faux faux. No, 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 no. Get it? No, no, no. Faux faux? Dude, you're the low faux. I like mine better. It's fine. Oh, come on. <laughs> so, what is the order of salvation? Um, uh, off the top of my head, definition would be the. I just want to go back to like my general science days in high school where every definition starts with the process by which um, <laughs> but but it's the, it is it's the process of, by which we are saved like the process by which God works salvation in the life of a believer mm-hmm. I guess yeah right so when we look when we're talking about the order of salvation um, a lot of you, you can wonder why what's the point why even do this I mean isn't it like once you're saved boom you're done it's like yeah okay f- fair enough but it's kind of like a systematic sequential uh, list of <clears throat> the way God goes about this so um, what was the first one on, on the list that you had the decrees of God right so let, let's start with that um, but 
before we do that, let me just go ahead and read Romans 8, 28, 30. Or 28 through 30. Because this kind of, and you probably have this, Mm -hmm. this gives us a, it's called the golden chain of redemption when people are talking about this passage. And it does give us kind of an order of salvation. So uh, this is Romans 8, 28 through 30. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purposes. So generally this verse is used when people are going through suffering, and that's good. And so it's like, okay, well, you're, you know, your mom just died, but God works together all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. Um, But that's a misunderstanding of good because when it's talking about good, it goes on to say, and this is verse 29, so this is the definition of what Paul means by good. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. So it's just the sequential ordering of how God accomplishes salvation. Yeah. Okay, so the the first one on yours was... The decrees. Of the God. decrees, and I think we even see that. And, and, and Romans 8 is not exhaustive at all, but we see... So you've got the decrees of God, and we see that in the idea of he foreknew. So when we're talking about the decrees or the foreknowledge of God, what do we mean by that? Um, <laughs> I, I guess we would say that what we mean by that is that God decrees the... Um, I don't know how to explain that. I mean, that that God decrees from before the foundation of the world everything that's going to happen. So there's nothing that's outside of his control that he's... Like, we're not open theists here. We don't believe that God is learning or adjusting to how things happen, that everything that comes to pass comes to pass because he decrees it. Right. Um, So when when we're talking about this in regards to salvation, connect those dots for me. Um, that God decreed before the foundation of the world whom he would save and whom he would allow to perish in their sin. Right. So uh, Westminster uh, Shorter Catechism question 7 says, What are the decrees of God? The decrees of God are his eternal purpose according to the counsel of his will, whereby for his own glory he hath foreordained whatever comes to pass. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Right, yeah. yeah that, was, think, that was the that was exactly what you said. I actually think you wrote this, didn't you? I, you know, I, I played a role. No, yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I played a role. Um, yeah, so God God decrees whatsoever comes to pass for his own glory. Right. So, so that's kind of the idea. So in regards to the order of salvation, I think you had said this. I was looking this up, so I wasn't really listening to you. Thanks. Um, but in, in this context, it's it's a decree of who he is going to bring to himself. Right. Right. So he foreknows his people. Mm-hmm. And how does he foreknow his people? It's not because he looks through the quarter of time and says, okay, these people are going to accept me. So I foreknow them that way. It's, no, I foreknow these people will accept me because I decree it to take place. Correct. Okay. So whenever, really whatever theological topic you're talking about, but especially in regards to soteriology, the study of salvation, you have to start with God and not man. Right. If you start with man, you're going to get all kinds of janky things. So that's where that's where the distinction lies between whether... God decrees something to happen and therefore it happens and therefore he knows it's going to happen or whether God deals with the cards that he's dealt. Right. Um, he just foreknows that something is going to happen and therefore he decrees it's going to happen. That just means that the result is ultimately up to man um, rather than up to God. Right. So his so, decree just pretty much means 
nothing at that point. Right. I mean, and, and that would be the Molinistic perspective that you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, that's not a thing, guys. Sorry. I did. I did quote um, William, William Wayne Craig on that as the as God dealing with the cards he's dealt, and I think that might be a little bit out of context for what he was saying, but that's essentially where he was going with it. Right. Right. So, so you've got the decree of God, and you've got uh, this idea of election. Um, and so there's there's a plethora of areas you can go to for election and scripture. But the, the best one, and we've talked about this before, and we'll probably talk about it again, but one of the best places to go is in Ephesians, mm-hmm. right? And so it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavy, heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. So there you've got the decree before God even creates the world. Um, uh, end of verse 4, beginning of verse 5. In love he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the Beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to the purpose which he set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. So a, a little longer than we needed to go, but you, you guys get the idea, especially in verse 5, uh, verse 4 and 5, that before the foundations of the world, he predestined his people to mm-hmm. be saved, right? Mm-hmm. So um, that that's kind of the, the idea of election. So I, I guess we should probably say this. When we think about salvation, generally we only think of justification. But salvation... It, is much wider in scope than simply that. That's absolutely a part of it, and that may even uh, be the central theme of it. But um, salvation is much broader than that. So what we're talking about, I guess, like we've talked about the attributes of God, the attributes of Scripture. This may it may be fair to say these are the attributes of salvation. You I, think? It depends on how you define. I mean, yeah, I, I I'd be hesitant to say that because I've never heard anybody phrase it that way. Right. But I think it may communicate the idea. These are the the pillars or the characteristics of salvation. No, right. Well, no, these are the ingredients that yeah. take place. Yeah. You know, so I think I think it's fine. Um, um, so when you read that passage in Ephesians one, um, I'm only asking this because on my list it breaks it out separately. Do you see a difference between predestination and election? What are the What are the differences between the two? Um, I, there might be, but I don't. I, I for our purposes, no. I don't yeah. think so. I, you've got predestination, election, um, choosing. Like Second Thessalonians two says, uh, but we ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers, beloved by the Lord, because God chose you as first fruits to be saved through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. Um, to this He called you through the gospel, so that you may obtain glory through Jesus Christ. And it goes on from there mm-hmm. about standing firm. But so you've got. I think all three, predestination, um, election, and choosing in these two passages that we just talked about. Mm-hmm. And I think they're all talking about the same thing. So more for emphasis than, than anything else. I right. Kind of kind of like uh, <clears throat> Colossians and Ephesians saying psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs using three mm-hmm. different words to mean the psalms. Sure. Basically. You're not even going to respond to that? I, I agree with yeah. that. So You agree actually, with? Dude, we need to have a topic on the psalms. We need to have a cast on this. Not till I'm ready. See, here's what I think. I think you're afraid to talk about it because you're gonna be you're already convinced about it in your in your heart. You just haven't got there in your mind. <laughs> um, That's what I think. I could be off. I, I don't know. I was talking about this. We 
Hannah and I had premarital counseling the other day, and um, we were having dinner with with them. They were a sweet couple. I love them, and, and their daughter was there too. And she's in our small group, and so we were sitting there talking. And she knew some people from college. They were RP, and so oh, nice. Which yeah. ones? Uh, not not your church. Okay, they're out, out in like Virginia or something. Yeah, <clears throat> but um. Anyway, so we were talking about that, and I was like, so how did you run into that? We were just talking about Psalms and stuff and got onto it. I, I think where I'm at right now is that we should be inclusive psalmists. Oh, yeah, that's without question. So so, so that's where I'm at. I, I wouldn't make an argument against the Psalms, Psalms, and Psalms in that passage either. So, But until, until I'm ready to talk about it, I'm not going to get on a cast and start spewing my opinions. <laughs> Same on a lot of issues. Okay. It's the I reason mean, that we're doing this instead of our original topic that we planned to do. Well, yeah, that was my fault, That's though, because I, 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 I had a theological change in perspective yeah, as I was so studying for we'll it. We'll talk about like, that later. Not, yeah, yeah, we, we'll, we, we'll talk about it on the cast. We will. Point. Well, and that'll probably be sooner rather than later. I hope to do that next four or five casts. Okay, great. Perfect. Um, uh, but anyway, so so we, we, what were we talking about? Um, oh, emphasis, right? Right. Um, do you want to have anything else you want to say on predestination or election? no? I think I think that's fine, and I, there there is way more to say on that, but we won't simply because we've already covered that in our um, episode three. <laughs> yeah, sure. All right, episode so let's three. talk about outward call. What is what do we mean by outward? Call? Yeah, so there's there's two different types. You have the general call and the special call, and internal, external, right? So 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 outward call versus what I would call effectual or inward call. So so what's the difference right. between outward call or or we can. Uh, yeah, so outward call, inward call. Um, the outward call or, or the general call would be something like um, we proclaim the gospel to all types of, to everybody. Indiscriminately. Okay, indiscriminately. Absolutely. So Romans 10, 14, and 15. How will, oops, sorry, I had to burp there. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him who they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. So this idea of like, the pe- people are not going to come to Christ unless they hear the gospel. Right. So go preach the gospel. Right. Or you, you think of the parable of the sower in Matthew 11 and Mar- or Mark 4. Um, where and we all know the parable of the sower where he goes and he casts a seed and it falls mm. on all sorts of different types of soil. But the idea is he's casting the seed on, on all different types of soil. So you've got you know the the path, you've got the rocks, you've got the shallow soil and everything, and and that's the outward call. And nobody responds to it. Okay, mm. and then you've got the seed that falls on the good soil and people respond to it. Or the seed grows. So the the the. The easiest distinction to talk about when you're thinking about the external versus internal call would be external call is what man does. The internal call is what the Holy Spirit does through the external call. Yeah. Right? So um, Romans uh, 8, 29, and 30 kind of talk. And we, we already read this, but it says, Because of the gospel uh, came to you not only in word, but also in power in the Holy Spirit. Sorry, this is sorry, that's not Romans 8. This is First uh, Thessalonians 1. Because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in the power of the Holy Spirit and with full conviction, you know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake. So the, the idea there is that the word came through men, but also through the Holy Spirit. So as the men preached it to the Thessalonians, the Holy Spirit worked in their heart to bring them to a point of change. Any, anything to add on that one? No. Um, I just think, yeah, the outward call is essentially what we would say is, the command for everybody to repent and believe the gospel. Um, 
and inward call is what what the Holy Spirit does and someone to bring them to uh, bring him to himself um, I was just reading I'm trying to find it now I was reading in John the other day I think it's nine or ten um, where <laughs> where um, Jesus had done a miracle he had opened um, he had opened the the eyes of a blind man and he's proclaiming and um, you know the Jews came up to him and were like how are you saying that you're you're the son of God all this stuff and <clears throat> and Jesus basically responds and says the reason you don't believe even though I'm doing these miracles is because you're not of God right um, if you were of God you would hear and you would believe but you do not believe because you are not of the father's people you're not of the, of the flock and then he goes into chapter 10 which I believe it is where it is where you know the sheep hear my voice mm-hmm. I know them and yep. they follow me right so there's there's all of that where God is calling a particular people to himself. Um, and so the inward call is <clears throat> the work of the Spirit, um, taking that outward call and making it effectual in the life of a believer. Right. So. Uh, I mean, this is maybe just discussion or anything. Do, do you think that people can receive the internal call without the external call? Mm. Yes and no. I think that no, no one can receive the inward call without the, the external call. But I think that people can receive the inward call um, if the external call doesn't necessarily come from a person. So, for instance, I've, I've heard of people coming to Christ because of visions and dreams and things like that. And I think that happens. So there's still an inward call, even though it may not be through the work of a person, if yeah. that makes sense. Well, I, I think, yeah, I mean, you, you're still going to have... I think this gets the idea of the necessity of Scripture, though. Right. Like, Scripture is necessary to come to a saving faith in Christ. Right. So, so no you can saved by by the testimony of nature, right. I don't think. so. Well, and I, and I, and I want to say even that the testimony of, at least in our day and age, the testimony of dreams, like I think you could have, I, I mean, I don't know, maybe I should talk to somebody who's had this experience and, and um, just probe a little bit and see, okay, like you had this this dream that you were pushed maybe to scripture or something and you heard the word preached or you read That's the true. word. That's true. Um, but I think like people can re- have an internal call and so they can start to be like convicted of their sin or like yeah. feel, feel guilt. And and so it, the, the seed has been planted, but it hasn't germinated. It hasn't been propagated guess, until guess, the gospel like yeah, that's what reaches I them. I guess I, would, I guess I would phrase it this way. I don't think anyone can be saved apart from the gospel. Mm-hmm. So if someone has a revelation that God exists, that's not enough. Right. Right. A lot of people believe that God exists. Right. Um, and whether that's a, a dream or an experience or whatever that you have, apart from Scripture, apart from the Gospel, apart from somebody proclaiming it to you, I don't think there can be salvation. Right. So, right. Yeah, okay. I, that's kind of where I'm at. I, was, I just wasn't sure, sure. Uh, what you thought. Okay, so we've got uh, the decrees of God. We've got the um, election of God or, or the predestination of God, choosing his people. Then we have the internal, external call. So... Um, We'll just, for our purposes, just talk about the internal call being something that these people receive. And then we have regeneration. Um, hmm. Not to put you on the spot again, but how would you define regeneration? Uh, the changing of one's heart by the Spirit. So um, so God giving, uh, yeah, God changing the heart of, of somebody allowing them to believe the gift of faith i guess right comes through regeneration right and and, and again this is this is where um you, you absolutely have to have the holy spirit involved in salvation like right. that if you tweak around the order of salvation 
it, it may not seem like a big deal, but ultimately you're you're really going to mess with the <clears throat> Trinity even. Mm. Because salvation of the elect is a Trinitarian act. It is. Where yeah. the Father, you know, elects and call. And, oh, no, no, he elects. The Son redeems and the Spirit applies that redemption. Mm-hmm. Okay? So regeneration is the application of the Holy Spirit applying the redemptive work of Christ to individual people. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, let's, let's back that up with Scripture here. Um, this is First John, right? So we've had this discussion of, you know, in the beginning there was the Word, the Word was with God, and where it became God and became flesh. Beautiful, beautiful passage. That's John 1. Yeah. So uh, John 1, I'm going to start in uh, verse 11 here. And he came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Okay, so you've got the people who believe in his name, um, have faith in Christ, they are now given the right to be children of God. And then it goes on from there to say, who were born, and again, I remember that word born, because we're going to come back to that again, B-O-R-N, all right, born, not, you know, Jason born, but born <laughs> as in like baby, um, who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, okay, but of God. So people were born of God, okay, so they were given birth because of God. Okay, now let's carry that over into John 3, right? Where John 3 comes in and you've got uh, Nicodemus, the, the, um, was he a Pharisee or a Sadducee? He was one of those I guys. I think he was a Pharisee. Yeah, he's a Pharisee. So he comes and, he, and Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Right? So the idea is regeneration is rebirth so this and, and this is where like uh, we get the term are you a born-again christian right mm-hmm. i mean this is more of like a like a southern baptist term but it, i mean it's a, it's a fine term right because <laughs> we get it from scripture you're, right. you're you're born again but that birth does not you, you don't choose to be born again, right so you as a as a baby did not say hey i want to be born so mom and dad conceived me and then give birth to me no that's not how it worked Okay, it worked a little bit differently. You were born, you had no choice in the matter, or you didn't decide to be born. Right. Um, same thing with you know spiritual rebirth or being born again. You are born of God. You were born of the Spirit. You were born because your heart has been regenerated. So Colossians 2, 13 and 14, And you who are dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us of all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with his legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. So this kind of goes into um, more aspects of the order of salvation. But the idea is that before regeneration, we were dead in our sins. Romans 3, you know, none Mm -hmm. is good, no, not one. No one seeks after God. No one is righteous. And then this passage right here says, you know, you have to be regenerated. You have to be made new in order to have faith. So we're we're, going to go into faith here in in just a second. But I just want to belabor the point that regeneration is a monergistic, as in one person, a monergistic act of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So it is simply the Spirit's work in your heart, not you changing 
and the spirit working in that. So it's not you have faith. It's not you're born again and then the spirit re, like regenerates your heart. Yeah. It's the spirit regenerates your heart and gives you the ability to have faith. Right. Because, and again, Romans 3 talks about no one is good. No one does any good. Right. Um, and so having faith is good. Right. Putting your faith in Christ is good. Right. But you can't do that with a dead heart. You can't do that if you're dead in your trespasses. You need the spirit to regenerate you and to give you a heart of flesh. And that's that's where I would um, that's where I would direct anybody to go if they agree with us and they're they're just trying to flesh this out a little bit more mm-hmm. is to study total depravity. And if you yes. don't agree yes. with us, then study total depravity and you probably will. <laughs> you know, uh, once you see what Scripture says about the condition of man and mm-hmm. the severity of it. Um, you'll see that unless the spirit does the work, there there is no hope for man to, air quotes, exercise his faith. Mm-hmm. You know, I hear that phrase all the time, but then I read things in John 6, which John 6 is 71 verses of Jesus communicating that the spirit is the one who gives life. Um, in fact, he says that exactly. Where was it? Um, the spirit is the one who gives life. The flesh is of no help at all, right? That's later on in the chapter. And, and I, I hear... I hear that term exercise faith, but then we see in Colossians 2, which maybe you'll talk about this in a minute, but obviously for great, by, it is by grace that we are saved through faith. Ephesians 2. That's what I meant. Ephesians 2. By faith, which is a gift of God, right. not of works, so that no man can boast. Right. Right. So, so even the act of faith is a gift from God. It's not something we muster up. It's not something that's inherent within us. It's right. something that the Spirit gives. Right. And so we'll, we'll wrap up this idea of regeneration here with this last verse, okay? So everything that I've said, you can say, okay, Aaron, that's just your interpretation of this, okay? But here's here's 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy, listen, listen, according to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's scripture interpreting scripture. Yep. He has caused us to be born again. Mm. Okay. Yeah, okay. Play game? Uh, sure, sure. Except. Except. I don't have a game. Adam, <clears throat> you had one job. You see, you make fun of me for my games and how they're not fun or all, they're all the same and at least I have them. I have a joke for you huh. instead. Is it your nose? <laughs> oh, Roast. <laughs> rhinoplasty all right so, so so here's the joke you're gonna love it no i'm not i know you're not i've already determined i'm, I'm not gonna even laugh so there were three kids mm-hmm. okay one of them was real scrawny a lot like you just a dude i ain't scrawny little scrawny kid. i'm ripped i'm built jacked like, built like a blade of grass right i'm jacked the other kid was like taller and super chubby like really chubby okay that's and then the third guy not you either the third guy he was he had an okay build but all he ever did was work out his biceps. That's it. That's it. And they had been trapped in a house for forever because it had been raining and they're kids and they're getting restless. How did he work out his biceps if they were trapped in a house? Dumbbells, dummy. So. <laughs> Dumb. <coughs> Dumbbells. Uh-huh. So anyway, so it stops raining. It's a beautiful day outside and they go outside. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> it stopped raining. <laughs> they're going to go outside. What a funny jo- Oh, it's not done. Nope. Sorry. And, uh, and they're just like, you know how kids are. They always want to prove themselves. So they're like... Hey, let's figure out which one of us is the strongest. So they come up with a couple ideas, right? Okay. One of them's like, 
hey, let's wrestle for this. And the scrawny kid's like, that's not fair. Like, you're you're super fat. You're not strong, but you could just sit on us. And uh, they're like, oh, that's a good point. Um, let's arm wrestle then. And the other guy's like, no, you're not really strong either. All you do is work out your biceps. That's not a really true test of strength. So they decide, here's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. We're going to take these bricks. Okay. We're going to throw them in the air as high as we possibly can. All right? And whichever one goes the highest, that's the strongest person. They all agree on it. Well, they're like, well, how can we tell how high the brick goes? Thankfully, because of all the rain, there's this really muddy portion of the ground. So like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to throw it up, and whichever brick sinks into the mud the lowest, that one went the highest, and therefore that kid is the strongest. They're like, great. So the, uh, the kid with the biceps, he throws his up. It sinks a foot into the mud. They're like, wow, <laughs> that was pretty good. But I think I can do better. So the chubby kid comes up, and he throws his brick up as high as he can. He comes down, and it sinks two feet. And then the real scrawny kid comes up and he picks up his brick and he throws it as high as he possibly can. And it never came down. So he lost. <laughs> Boo. All right, let me redeem it. All right, so new, new joke. <laughs> so stupid. So new joke. I'm not laughing at that. New joke. All right, so this lady wanted to go on vacation and uh, she booked a flight, but she booked it on a, a flight where the only two restrictions were no food because mm-hmm. people have food allergies okay. and no pets, which should be a rule because people have pet allergies. <laughs> okay, people but, but, don't bring but, your pets but, on flights, okay. especially United Airlines. Therapeutic pets? I'm going to start saying this is therapeutic food. Right. It is. True. I mean, come on. Now. Comfort food, right? It's comfort food. So, anyway, so she, she's like, well, I can't bring my pet. She had a parrot that she loved and she couldn't go on vacation without her parrot. She needed. Well, of course not. She needed her parrot, right? So, what she decided to do was sneak her parrot onto, onto the plane. So, somehow she gets the parrot through security. She's got it in her coat. She gets on the plane and she's sitting there. She's like, yes, I made it, right? Well, they take off. They're in the air. The flight attendant comes up. It's like, hey, would you um, would you like something to drink? And she goes, no, I'm good. And then the flight attendant hears, no, I'm good. She's like, what was that? It's like, do you have a parrot on this plane? She goes, no, I don't have a parrot on this plane. Don't have a parrot on the plane. You know, she's like, livid. I mean, the flight attendant figures it out. She's livid. So she goes out. She gets the captain. The captain comes back, and he's getting ready to yell at her. But he's sitting there eating a sandwich, right? And so she's like, he's he like. brought food on the plane. Yeah, yeah. So the pilot's like, hey. You can't have this parrot on the plane. She's like, well, I'm having my parrot on the plane, so guess what? He goes, that's not going to happen. He was so mad about this, right? So he takes the parrot, and he opens a window, and he throws the parrot out the door, right? And this lady is furious. She uh-huh. just lost her favorite pet. Super mad. Well, she's like, well, two play- can play this game. She takes the captain's sandwich. She throws it out the I still think she's, she's lost this deal so far. So, well, she's feeling good about herself. Captain's livid, right? But he can't do anything about it. They're in the air. So he goes back to his cockpit and he looks out the window. And guess what he sees? A parrot eating a sandwich? The parrot. And guess what the parrot has in its mouth? A sandwich. The brick. (laughs) (laughs) Dang it. (laughs) Yes! (laughs) Got him! (laughs) That's stupid. I know, it's really dumb. Uh, you could use that. You can no, I'm not. You, that takes too long. I know that was the point, Thank but gosh. people like stories, man. I like stories. No, okay, all right. So um, <laughs> we uh, we kind of talked about faith in, in our discussion of regeneration. Is there anything you really wanted to add? Because I did have the Ephesians two eight and ten. Um, mm, I'm good. <laughs> you know, and, and I think like like Romans. 10 talks about confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Uh, mm-hmm. You will be redeemed. And 1 John 
says something very similar to that. So, um, it, it just quickly, how would you define faith? Oh, the age-old question. The age-old question. Um, wow. The classic answer is belief in a thing unseen. Right. Um, I don't know if that's the fullest explanation of it, necessarily. Because um, it's different than blind faith. I think people hear that and they think like, oh, you're just having faith because there's no evidence, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's not what faith is. We have good reason to believe things. Um, and faith is kind of born of that in a sense. But, well, no, that's not true. But you know what I mean. Um, it's not a, it's not a blind faith is what I'm getting at. So I don't I don't know how I'll, how I would define that other than it's a belief in something unseen, but it's also a belief that is supernaturally... Um, I don't want to say inspired, but supernaturally given. Well, I think you. I think inspired or given to you, I think it's fine. Yeah, I don't know. How would you define it? Uh, it's, it's similar to you. I mean, I I think the term faith has is, is kind of been hijacked, and, and we've also kind of diluted its its power by just you know having blind faith, mm-hmm. or you just got to have faith type of things. Like if you don't understand a particular doctrine, it's like just have faith. And I, and I think that's different than, than belief. Yeah. Like, you know, it, there can be doctrines that we don't understand and we can be like the man in the gospels who you know trusted jesus to um you know heal his heal his daughter i think it was and you know jesus i believe help my unbelief right so i think phrases like that are good i think it's like an illumination though in a sense does that make sense well i think illumination seems more of the idea of regeneration well sort of like not not quite but like regeneration is like You've been given a new heart, and you've been illuminated to the truth of, of the gospel. But it's it's like a it's like a testimony of the spirit, though. For instance, like you can be reading reading the scripture, and you can have all of the all of the historical, archaeological, whatever evidence that you want, but that doesn't make it real unless the spirit is is testifying to it in your heart. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how to how to say sure. that, but you know what I'm saying. Sure. Like, Sure. And I think it, it, faith it really depends on the context of what you're using it in. <clears throat> because you can say faith is confidence, assurance, and past fulfillment. Hmm. And I think that's a fine way to say it. Like, I have confident assurance in the past fulfillment that Christ bore my sins on the cross, mm-hmm. that he rose again. And, you know, and so I think that's fine. Um, but I, th- I think regeneration and faith kind of go hand in hand in this idea of... Um, Saying I'm no longer my my own, I belong mm-hmm. to someone else. I belong to God. So I think like confidence, assurance, and past fulfillment is is a f- fair way to say it. it. It it's not exhaustive by any means. It may not cover all the corners and dot every i and mm-hmm. cross every t, but it may get get to the idea. I like that though. Where where did you steal that from? No, I just came up with it now. No, no, I promise. Really? Yes. Sounds smarter than you. <laughs> Occasionally, I have moments where I actually sound smart. I mean, I it's have very you, rare. I have you on the record saying that you're not smart. You just read smart people, or you just listen to smart people. So. And it's very, it's very possible that I read that. I don't yeah. know if I did though. Um, but we can, we can ascribe it to other people who have influenced me. How about that? Is that sure. fair? We'll okay. Go for it. So, um, I'm still not satisfied with that answer, though. I'm, I'm not really either. I'm, I'm not. Um, 
So I, I'll just read Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. I'll let Scripture talk for us because we're dummies and Scripture's <laughs> not. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is the gift. There you go again. Not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no man may boast. No, I think it's fine. Okay, so faith and faith and the past fulfillments yeah. of Christ because it's not by our own doing. Yeah. And it's not, I, I mean, I... It's not even, we're not even saved because of the faith that we possess. Hmm. It's, it's, we're saved in the faith that we profess yeah. for the one who accomplished it <laughs> for us. I was trying to like rhyme. I was like, I that's not going to happen. Close. I was close. I was like, faith, we profess to confess the, the most est, <laughs> redeemest so, so, of the all. All right. So let's talk about, um, let's talk about the woman who touched the cloak of Jesus then. Okay. And he says, yep, your yep, faith yep. has made you well. Yep, yep, yep. Would you have a different definition for that type of faith? Uh, I think it's maybe because but, he, hasn't, he hasn't quite accomplished redemption on the cross yet. However, she has confident assurance in the past healings that he has done. So I think well, it, I think it still still works. Like, okay, here, here's this man who's doing all these crazy things and he's claiming to be the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And his the things that he's done testify to that fact. And so even when John the Baptist is having doubts and he right. sends his disciples, and like, are you actually the Messiah? And he goes, look at the things I've done. Right. Yes. I think so you could I'd also, say yes. Yeah, and I think you could also make the argument that that person and other people who were healed because of their faith were already regenerate believers. Right. Would you make that argument? Um, when, it, when Jesus says, your faith has made you well. What, how do you mean? Do you take that as just physically well? No, of course. I, Jesus rarely heals just, or at least in the specific cases that were given, Jesus re- rarely just heals someone physically without mm-hmm. healing them spiritually. Now, not always. Right. Like, like you, take your bed, get up and walk so that you can see that the Son of Man has authority to forgive sins. Right. But which is... Right. Yeah, right. exactly. Okay. Um, so Google defines faith as complete trust or confidence in someone or something, strong belief in God, or the doctrine of a religion based on spiritual apprehension rather than proof. And see, I don't even like the, the apprehension rather than proof. I mean, maybe we can maybe we can go with that. That one sounded smart, snarky, though. Read that one again. That, that's what yeah. I was talking about where it was like, you yeah. guys don't have any proof for anything. You just blindly believe things. Right. That's what it sounds well, like. Well, and I, I would say no. No, we don't. But there, but there is something supernatural to the idea of, of faith. It's the whole evidentialist versus presuppositionalist right. argumentation. Like you can, you can give someone all the evidence in the entire world about something, but it doesn't mean that they're going to believe in it, right? So um, just, just we don't have to comment on any of this hardly, but yeah. – you know, there was an example given, like, people who, who smoke, they know that it's bad for them, right? And yet they continue to do it, you know, that kind of thing. So it's... Can, can we just, you know, let's, uh, people who eat fast food. Sure. So people who eat... Or... So people who eat an excess of burgers, right? They or, know it's bad for them, and yet they continue to do it. Doesn't mean that you can give them the evidence, and you can say, change your ways, don't do this, don't do this, you're hurting yourself, whatever and that it's going to affect anything. Evidence doesn't necessarily change hearts. Right. So. Okay, as far as in regards to faith or belief? Yeah. Okay, sure. Anyway, rap trails for days. Yeah, I mean, let's <clears throat> let's table this. I think I want to address this again, whether it's off the cast or some other time, because I'm still not satisfied with our answer, um, other than to say it, it is supernatural. It is not just... Um, 
saying, yes, I believe in this fact. Right. Because uh, you've got the idea, okay, the demons believe in God, great. Right. right? That's James. Right. And, and they're damned to hell still. So, so belief is not, simple belief is not faith. Right. Not in a saving way, at least. Right. So it's much more than just, you know, saying, okay, these things are truth. These things are actually real. Actually real. Right. It, it is more than that. So faith, apart from regeneration, uh, damns you to hell. Is that fair? Sure. I guess. Yeah. I yeah. guess. Okay. What's next on our list? Uh, justification. Justification. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I believe. Let me make no, sure. No, no, you're right. Um, and again, how, how what's the basic definition of justification, um, as they say? No one says that. Declaring or making someone righteous in the sight of God. Uh-huh. Well, and I mean, like, like, like that's the spiritual sense, and that's good, and that's because that's what we're talking about. But it's a, like it's a legal thing. It's a legal term. Yeah, exactly. Your debt has been paid. You're no longer required to. I mean, you're no longer responsible for the debt. Like that's that's been cleared. You know that kind of thing. Right. So. Right. And so, like, in right um, standing. Romans <laughs> is great for justification. It is. Um, and I really struggle with like, okay, how much scripture do I want? Like, you can never read enough scripture. Um, because it's all over the place, but especially in chapters three, four, and five, that's that's really where it's heavy. So that's where I would I would turn you to. I'm going to read a section from Romans three, but um, if you want to know more about justification, read Romans, the whole book, but especially Romans three, four, and five. So this is uh, Romans three verses twenty one through thirty one. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. And it goes on from there, uh, talking about people are uh, being saved from their sins. But So there's this idea of propitiation by his blood. Um, and so propitiation is, is kind of a... Uh, it's it's a, it's a hard term. People don't necessarily like it, like propitiation. That's a fancy theological word. Um, yeah, but it's in the Bible, so we should probably know what it means. Mm. So on the spot, propitiation. What are we looking at? Um, and there's there's a lot of different definitions yeah. that all get to the same idea. Right, like the payment of, the covering of, the atoning of. Right, a sufficient and, sacrifice right. of. Right, so. You, you've got this idea of, of imputation through propitiation. So um, Christ is the propitiation for us. So he's the worthy sacrifice for the elect, okay, for his people. So by his blood, the elect receive faith. The elect are, are regenerated. And the idea of imputation is God's righteousness is given to us at the cross, and our sin is given to Christ at the cross. So all the suffering that Christ dealt on the cross and all the wrath of God that he dealt on the cross, not in hell, we'll make that distinction. He didn't go to hell, okay? On the cross, he bore the wrath of God for the sins of his people, okay? By so, Aaron. By first, me. First, no, I said by Aaron. First John 2, 2 says, he is the propitiation for our sins and not our sins only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Right, and we've covered that in our Calvinism episode, so so go look at that. And that's just simply looking at the context. 
it, it, John's talking about all types of people and praying for all types of people, and so that's what it means for all every tribe, tongue, and nation. Go, and I, go, go, and I just go wanted, listen to the episode. I just wanted to bring that up because when, any, anytime I talk about propitiation, this verse seems to come up, and I just want people to be careful because when you read it as the whole world, as in everybody, you get into universalism, right? And that's very yes. dangerous. <laughs> that's well, very and dangerous I, I yeah, be. right. So if, if if Christ is the propitiation for all in the world, where does that leave people? Right. It, it leaves people in a, in a state of salvation. Right. If, if it truly is. Right. So you, you can't say, yeah, but you have to accept it because based on that verse, if you're going to read it that way, no, you don't. Right. But He's then already you, covered everything. Right. He's, he's right. already covered everything. Right. And it says, well, you, he's, it's not actually applied to you until you have faith. Right. And we've already talked about the problems of right. that. Right. You know, you, you can't have faith unless you are regenerate. You can't be regenerate by your own works it has to be by the holy spirit but even even if let's let's just grant for the sake you got me going let's just grant for the sake of argument that because we're not even talking about (laughs) propitiation i guess we are if you grant that the saving work of christ is applied to you when you're able to have faith and it's not Christ dying for a specific set of people, a, 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 a countless amount of people, people that are more numerous than the sand and the stars, as scriptures say. Um, what you have is Jesus paying for that person's sin, but then let's say someone rejects that and says, no, I don't want to. So that is not applied to them. That person goes to hell and then they're punished for their sins. So you have Jesus being punished for that person's sins that person not accepting that payment and then them being punished for those sins. So you've got um, double jeopardy, more or less, taking place and you've got God punishing someone twice, which makes God unjust and makes God evil. So if you hold it as view, you need to understand the consequences of that view. Okay? So I'm not saying that people who hold this view cognitively recognize, okay, yes, so if that's wrong, then Jesus punishes the same sin twice. No. Now, Although now he's preaching, yeah, and I'm gonna I'll I'll leave it there because I'm, I'm not I'm not trying to do that, but sure. But that that's the that, that's where where you're left with, right? And we do not serve an evil God. We do not worship an evil God. We do not worship an unjust God. We worship a just God, a merciful God who saves His people. When He dies on the cross, it actually accomplished something. It didn't make something, you know, potentially able to save people. It saved people. Right. Right. So and that did get me preaching, and that and that's and that's the point of this podcast. We want people to think. Um, we're also trying to learn and think, and so <laughs> part the- part part of that is chasing down our presuppositions to their logical conclusions. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think that just these things need to be navigated very carefully. That's why we're sitting here talking about the order salutis, order of salvation. The order of salvation. A lot of people, including myself, sometimes like, really, do we need to get this technical involved in things? Well, I think we do because there's a lot of ramifications that come from it. Um, you know, a lot of that has to do with how sovereign is God, right? Right. How good is God? How how able is God to keep his promises? Is God able to work all things out for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose? Or is it just kind of like it's up in the air? We'll see what happens. God allows things, he works with it, whatever. You know, there's mm. there's a lot of ramifications for that. So we're just trying to flush some of that out. For sure. Anyway. For sure. Okay. So, you know, justification is the legal term um, of Christ declaring us um, basically not sinners, not guilty, because Christ has taken on 
what we were guilty of. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that flows into um, sanctification. So here we are. Christ has made the decree. He has elected his people to be saved. Christ accomplished that redemption. The Holy Spirit applied that redemption, regenerated people's hearts. Those people um, put their sa- their faith, their trust in Christ and what he has done. Um, when And that's the point that, that justification is applied to them. Um, and it's not, again, like... The, the justification election and, and salvation is going to be applied to people so let's just clear some things up we don't believe in presumptive justification right so we, what we're not saying is someone who is part of the elect who has been chosen by god um it's not like once they're born it's like okay they're christians they do not become justified that justification is not applied to them until they're regenerated and they put their faith in Christ, Correct. then it's applied to them. Correct. So now that very well could take place in the womb, and we even know from the Psalms that it does. Um, or maybe not, maybe not in the womb, but David talks about, you know, I had faith in you when I was breastfeeding. I, I can't remember the Psalm well, off the top of my head, but it does talk about that. So we, you, we don't need to get into the weeds there, but I mean, there's there are different takes on. I mean, I don't know if I want to get into that. Some people would believe that um, there's there's no condemnation without the reasonable ability to believe. That's not true. I don't believe that either. Um, sometimes there's, um, you know, like I think Piper had a view that I didn't agree with necessarily, which is that the, the world gives testimony to God. Um, so the second you're out of the womb, like there's some responsibility there. I might be misrepresenting him here. I'm sure I am. I, I, is, I that, think, is that just in regards to like babies who um, die in the womb? Right, or, miscarriages, yeah. whatever it might be. And that's um, possible. I, I that, that is possible. I, I hold to the possibility of that being true, especially because of my you know Presbyterian we, beliefs. We, um, we basically... We believe that that at the moment of conception we're evil, right? Yes. But we also believe that God is good, just, and merciful. There are passages um, in Scripture where David says, "I will see, I will go to to my my baby when he loses his baby." Right. Right. So, so there there are reasons to assume that God is able to save um, even inside the womb, right? So, but I don't see that that's possible if salvation is is determined by us if it's determined by our actions or our decisions i don't see the age of accountability anywhere in scripture Mm -hmm. i just think that that salvation is only possible um, through a calvinistic framework Um, and i do believe that god is just and merciful and will will be uh, a good and righteous judge right Um, so it's it's not for me to determine that right right and and i think that that god's mercy is can I even say it this way? God's mercy is greater than His judgment. Can, can I say that? I don't like, think you can say that. And I, I think I you, know. I think you can. Looking at um, like the the fifth commandment, you know, honor your father and mother that it may go well with you. And it goes on to talk about that those who do not honor them, um, honor their father and mother, their generations after them will be cursed, like a hundred generations. And then it says, for those who do follow, it's a thousand generations will be blessed. So you do have that idea of, of God's mercy being greater than his, his judgment, I think. I think you could say that. So are you saying that the Mosaic Covenant was conditional? No. <laughs> okay, we don't need to over that. No. It's fine. Um, but I, I will say there are, there are consequences to following God's commandment. So if you're, 
if and now we're getting into sanctification so this is this is a perfect segue into it so sanctification is the idea of um people growing in holiness essentially so and, and obedience i've heard it said so, i think it was john owen that said sanctification tis a long game of whack-a-mole I don't know Thoughts. if he said that. <laughs> no, um, no, I'm just kidding. But it, it, it's kind of true. But just in the, this idea of, of sanctification. So let's say you, you are a Christian. You are justified. Do you think you will experience more spiritual blessings if you are obedient mm. than if you are disobedient? Yeah. Well, the answer is yes. So in some sense, we can say that blessings are conditional. In, in a sense, right. right? And I want to be careful with that. And I don't want to say that it's formulaic. What you put in is what you're going to get out. Um, and we need to be careful by what we mean by blessings. Well, we don't. We say, don't mean like like we cannot fall into the the trap of prosperity gospel. Saying like if I, you know, am in my devotions and I'm doing all these things right, and I love my wife and I love my kids and I'm working hard and I do all these things, then I'm going to get rich and I'm going to get all these great material blessings. Maybe that, that absolutely could be because the gospel transforms hearts, minds, and cultures. But also, like we, we have to understand that when we're talking about blessings, we can talk. We, we're talking about spiritual blessings as right, well. Right. So obedience, you, you may have great suffering, but that also result results in joy. It also results in greater faith. Right. We so, hold to that promise, but you you have to recognize that your blessing might be a greater conviction of sin. Does, and, and I would yeah. say that's a blessing, right? Exactly. And I would say, yeah, it, it doesn't always it doesn't always mean that you're going to drive a BMW, right? Sometimes well, it, it, it means that you're gonna you're gonna be broken over your sin, and that's a blessing. And sometimes it means that you're gonna right. just you're gonna be living on four dollars in your bank account, but you're gonna have a beautiful, like, satisfying relationship with Christ, right? right? That brings joy even in hard times. That you can celebrate when things are not growing right you know like that it could be i mean it could be anything i think god is far more concerned about our holiness and our growth than he is and us being wealthy and well off and selfish yeah whatever absolutely so absolutely but i would still say those those spiritual blessings result in obedience yes right obedience results in those right yes exactly right and so like even just the idea of assurance right like i think i heard sinclair ferguson say this that a low view of obedience results in a low view of assurance right and it should it should it absolutely should Mm -hmm. um but again just kind of going into this idea of sanctification you know we're we're justified we're, we're made holy in the standing of god and now we are to grow in holiness and we are to grow christ-like more and more every day more and more into his image um so uh hole in our holiness by kevin DeYoung is one of my top three favorite books i love it to death i've read it multiple times and i i recommend it to every single christian that i meet and in that book he he asks the question have you ever thought about why you were saved Hmm. you know why why you're saved okay we're like okay well for god's glory yeah good true um, and for a multiple a plethora of other reasons, but what he get what, what he's getting at is you were saved to be holy, right? Mm-hmm. You were saved to be like Christ, and so he has a whole list of um, scripture passages that talk about this. These are marks of Christians. So you've got the fruit of the spirit. You, know, you, you look at First Corinthians thirteen: love, patient, kind, envious, blah blah blah. Um, you've got Second Peter one five through seven: virtue, knowledge, self control, steadfastness. You've got all these scripture passages that talk about these are this is what you look like as a christian now so um you've got viceless and even first corinthians 6 talks about this these kinds of things it's like um 
he talks about you know people who are sexually immoral, homosexual, um, liars, murderers, perjurers, all these other things. And he says, such were some of you, but you were washed, you were justified, right. you were sanctified. So you were these things, now you're these things. Um, and then he even, uh, the, the next chapter, I'm trying to look it up, he gives all these motivations for Christians to be holy, to be mm. sanctified. So he's got, okay, Christians grow in holiness because it's their duty. And he quotes Ecclesiastes 12, 13, the end of the matter, after all is heard and done, fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. He goes, it's right. Children, obey your parents, Lord, for this is right. It's for our good. Be careful to obey all those words that I command you, that it may go well with you mm. and your children after you forever when you do what is good and right in the sight of the Lord your God. It's Christ's example. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Ephesians 5, 2. Assurance. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election, for if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. And that's just going to the idea of, of growing in sanctification and growing in obedience and growing in your assurance because of your obedience, because you are a new creation. Talks about Jesus' return. The world is not our home to win over our neighbors, to lift up our nations for the public good, for the sake of our prayers, folly of sin, the promise of future grace, the promise of future judgment, the fear of future judgment, community of the saints, and it goes on and on and on and on. Like it's 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 a massive list of things that Christians are to look like and grow in, and mm -hmm. these are the results of these, and these are motivations for them. So mm -hmm. I highly, highly commend this book, Hole in Our Holiness by Kevin DeYoung. Great. Okay. So sanctification. And another thing on sanctification. Everyone walks around, what what's God's will for my life? I don't know. I don't know. People are like, well, I wish I just knew what right. God's will for my life was. <laughs> right, well, right, guess right. what? First Thessalonians 4 says, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from all sexual immorality. So he's talking about specifically sexual sin, but this is the will of God, your sanctification. Mm -hmm. So you want to know what God's will for your life is? It's to be holy, and it's to be like him, and it's to obey. Yeah, and it's Kevin, to love. Kevin DeYoung also has... Um, a small little book that I read in high school called Just Do Something. Yes. Um, really good book because in high school, everybody's life first was Jeremiah 29, 11, which is for, I know the plans I have for you, plans for good to prosper right. you, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And so it, in high school, it sounded a lot like this. Well, I'm going off to college. Um, and I don't really know what I'm going to do with my life. And I don't know what God's plan is for me, but I know the plans I have for you says the Lord, sure. you know, like right. that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but the whole premise of the book was, do something. You're not going to fall out of the will of God. Do something right. and live a godly and quiet life. That That's that's what God has called us to, um, that we would um, walk in the good works that he has prepared for us, right? And whatever whatever community, whatever job, whatever aspect of your life you want to, want to list, that you walk in holiness before him um, and that you do the good works that he's put before you, which is anything, right? So... Cool. Okay, I think uh, I think we've nailed that. What's the uh, not counting death? What's the last one? Glorification. And just quickly, and we probably won't spend a lot of time on this, mainly because we don't know a lot about it. Um, <laughs> but what is what does the term glorification mean? I think it refers to our perfected state before God, so we no longer are struggling with sin. Obviously, this only happens post mortem, <laughs> you know. Um, but but it's a Latin phrase again. Postmortem? Yeah. Is that Latin? Yeah. You sure? After death, yes. I didn't think that was Latin. That's, that's Latin, bro. <laughs> All right. I disagree. Um, okay. <laughs> anyway, that we're going to be in a perfect state before God, um, that, that we will finally be made 
perfectly holy, I guess. Right. No, I, I agree. I yeah. think I think it's good. At the resurrection, our bodies will be made new. The uh, earth and the heavens and the earth will be made new. They'll be made perfect. There will be no sin. Everything will be glorious. Revelation twenty nine or twenty one is an awesome, awesome chapter. I guess you're Revelation twenty nine. <laughs> there is no Revelation twenty nine. <laughs> Acts twenty nine. No Revelation twenty one. Um, really, an encouraging chapter. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, so I've got something special. Uh-oh. As as we wrap up here, um, we had a listener give us a review, a comment. Yes. Sort of. So I'm I'm going to read that. All right. So this is from Gabriel Polk One. Gabriel Polk One is his name. Gabrielle. <laughs> it's it's Gabrielle. Yeah. She she uh, she goes to the same church I do, but one of the older pastors always pronounces her name Gabriel. <laughs> so uh, awesome. so this is uh this is her review. Um, y'all should give them a listen talking about us. They're only moderately entertaining. I think we're much more than moderately entertaining. Did you not hear my joke? <laughs> that was money. Well, fair enough. We are only moderately atta- entertaining. But have a way of explaining theology that is easy to understand and doesn't make you feel like an idiot for not knowing it before. Basically, they're just Joe Schmoes with the huge hearts for God and knowing him more. I highly recommend taking a listen. So that was posted on Facebook. Thank you. Thanks, Gabriel. Thanks, thanks, Gabriel. Poke one. <laughs> awesome. I appreciate uh, that, though. If you want your name mispronounced on this <laughs> podcast, give us a review on Facebook or yeah, you know, Facebook page or iTunes. Now, iTunes is a little tricky. I think we've got some demonic activity on iTunes because I've heard from multiple people they have tried to give us a review on iTunes and it has not popped up. Oh my gosh. Did Facebook so, buy iTunes? Right? <laughs> so if, if if it's if it's not popping up, you know, just, just stay diligent, stay stay fervent in the truth and just try and, and just try and post it again. That's you right. Know, keep trying. If that doesn't work, post it on our on our Facebook page or post it on your page and just tag the Joe Schmo Theology uh, and we'll We'll read it on here. Yeah. So uh, let's awesome. let's make this a new segment so I don't look like an idiot next time. Yeah, we, we want to read a review every week. Yeah. From we should start on. doing like prizes. Um, Alright, how about this? 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 Hole in our holiness. iTunes reviews. Okay. Yes, we'll okay. ship it to we'll, you. We'll ship it to you. Awesome. The the first person to give us a review on iTunes. Now, there are, there's already one, and it's by, like, Theology Nerd Mom or something. That's my wife. Um, <laughs> but the first person after that will get Hole in Our Holiness. Now, let's just... If this doesn't happen and someone, like, listens to this forever from now, you still still let us know because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold true to it. I also think that the next person should get The Plan of Salvation by B.B. Warfield. Well, well... We'll we'll hit that later, but for now, no, no, no. That's that's on this. It's because we're doing this topic. I think that would be a good okay. Topic. Instead of well, first two, first hole in two. our holiness. You get, okay? So the first one gets a choice between hole in our holiness and BB Warfield's book. Yeah, and the second one gets the dirty seconds, sloppy seconds, sloppy seconds, sloppy seconds. All right, take us away. How can people get a hold of us? Yeah, uh, Facebook page Joe Schmo Theology. Like, review, listen, iTunes. Review, get a book. Share. Share. Tell share. your friends. Tell people tell who are your, your enemies. <laughs> That's right. Make them Tell your friendly. indifference. Your indifference. Yeah. Got a lot of those. Yeah. Yeah. All right, y'all. Till next time, every Joe Schmo can grow some mo. Peace.